because the first thing you should be asking when you're self-employed is, how do I save for retirement? But most people are more worried about setting up their website and a logo and getting their business off the ground and marketing it when they should be thinking about taking care of themselves. And so we use the military spouse chamber as an engine to be the home for things that self-employed military spouses need. Welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jamie Chapman and Stephanie Brown, founders of the U.S. Military Spouse Chamber of Commerce. This organization helps entrepreneurs who are military spouses and often face significant barriers. From certifying these businesses to providing mentorship and advocacy, Jamie and Stephanie are creating more opportunities for this community. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Stephanie and Jamie, welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. It is really great to have you both on with us. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. So I would love for our audience to get to know both of you a little bit better in terms of your background and how you each came to starting the Military Spouse Chamber of Commerce. So maybe let's start there with your backgrounds. Stephanie, let us have you introduce yourself first. Well, thank you. I myself am a military spouse. I have been for more than two decades. My late husband and I met in Washington, D.C., where I actually owned a small business. So I have been a small business owner before. And of course, we got married and got stationed overseas. And I very quickly became unemployed and unemployable. That sort of kickstarted my whole drive and passion toward helping other military spouses become entrepreneurs. My father was a Vietnam veteran who served over 20 years in the Air Force. So I've kind of grew up in the military, married in the military. And as I like to say, I've raised two kids in the military. So it's sort of a lot of what I know, but it's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank you for your family service. That is just really tremendous. And Jamie, what about you? I'm Jamie Chapman. I'm an Army veteran. I served for six years in the Army Reserves. I thought I was done with the military, and then I ended up marrying right back into the Army, and I've been a military spouse now for going on seven years, so more than a decade in the military community. Fun fact, I've had 14 addresses in the last 16 years. My husband's coming up on the tail end of his military career, so I can't wait for that. Uh, He's been in for 19 years, and who's counting? And maybe he'll retire here pretty soon, I'm hopeful. Career-wise, I owned a staffing agency as a military spouse once I found out that it was really difficult, despite having an established professional career and also being a veteran, to maintain employment stably throughout being a military spouse. So I had a business, discovered the world of military spouse entrepreneurs, and then ended up running into Stephanie and founding the chamber. So it's been a fun time being a military spouse, and I'm super excited to give back to the military spouse entrepreneurs through the chamber. Well, thank you as well for your service, both for you and for your husbands. Jamie, that is a large number of moves for anyone to have. I'm wondering if you can share how you did all of those moves and what was one of the fondest places that you were able to live in. I moved or PCS'd. PCS stands for permanent change of station. If you hear a military person say that, we'll probably say it throughout this whole chat. It just means we move a lot. I attended three different colleges when I was still in the Army Reserves and then now being married to my husband and PCSing a lot with him. I like Texas a lot. That's where we're stationed right now. We're stationed at Fort Hood until hopefully one of these days my husband decides to retire from the Army and we can actually settle down and plant roots. I think if I had to pick my most fond duty station, it would be Fort Carson, Colorado. 
that's where my husband and I got married and that's where we had our first son. And so I just have a lot of very good memories from there. And plus it's pretty awesome to be in Colorado. Would love to hear the story of how you found each other and knew that you wanted to do something together, particularly to help military spouses. How did that really Genesis story go for you to work together? We met once upon a time briefly at a conference. So we kind of knew of each other. Then what happened was I was living over in Germany and I met Maria McConville, who is the chief of staff of the army's wife. And she had came over and did this luncheon and I happened to sit next to her and we got to talking about business ownership because at that time I was running full steam ahead with my business in Germany. And she has also been an entrepreneur as a military spouse. Well, then later I'll let Stephanie finish the story about how Maria invited us to a working group and put us all to work. Yeah, I have been involved in a part of the Department of Defense's Military Spouse Ambassador Network for quite a few years. Maria McConville tuned in to one of our quarterly meetings and she heard me talking about entrepreneurship, which of course was a key passion of hers, having been one, as Jamie said. And so together we connected offline and said, you know, there are all these challenges that spouses face, right? When it comes to being self-employed, small business owner, how can we address those? How can we make an impact? And so we kind of together started what we call the Military Spouse Entrepreneur Task Force. And in the very early stages, she turned to me and she said, Stephanie, you've got to meet this amazing, amazing military spouse. Her name is Jamie Chapman, and she needs to be a part of this task force. So, and of course, Beth Conlon, who is also a military spouse and is part of our team, she joined that task force as well as a number of other organizations. So one day said to Jamie and Beth, you know, we really need to have a military spouse chamber of commerce because I've been working on this certification for military spouse owned businesses for a long time with USAA and we need a forum through which we can provide this certification and really change things for spouse small business owners. Never forget, Beth turned to me and she goes, well, doesn't that already exist? And I said, nope. And she goes, what? Of course, we got to do it. We're in. And literally, I think like six months later, we were headed out to Arlington, Virginia, doing the photo shoot for the cover of Military Families Magazine, having just launched this certification. So it was a rocket ride right from the beginning. Well, I love that story and someone who brought you both together, knowing how influential you'd be on each other and probably that you'd get things done pretty quickly. Maybe to take a step back, can you just describe what do military spouses deal with when it comes to, you know, number one, just employment in general, and then number two, being an entrepreneur. Walk us through what that experience is like, what the things they have to juggle looks like. Well, as I mentioned, I was a small business owner when I met my husband. And so I sold my small business, got married, got stationed overseas, and realized really quickly that not only could I not find a meaningful career path within my field, but living overseas certainly offered its own set of unique challenges. What I realized was that I wasn't alone. I think that was really, for me, the big powerful takeaway early on was that so many other military spouses were in the same boat. A lot of them were educated or had professional backgrounds, and yet they couldn't find meaningful employment. Or if they did, they were paid a lot less 
than their civilian counterparts. So for me, it was really recognizing that this was an ongoing problem. And I just started doing research and thinking, okay, so how does this all work? I know that at the end of the day, we are masters of our own lives. So it's really how do you take that challenge and kind of work it to your benefit? And Jamie, when you think of military spouses and particularly women, what are the challenges that might befall women more often, more frequently than men? 92% of military spouses are women. So we're a high female demographic in the first place. But the first thing that comes to my mind is some data I saw from McKinsey on pay gaps and pay disparities. And so whether you're talking about entrepreneurship or traditional employment, military spouses are earning less. There was recently a survey done by the Hiring Our Heroes, which falls under the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation, that said on average, military spouses have only saved between twenty dollars and $40,000 for retirement. And the Transamerica Institute of Retirement Studies says that women need 500000 or more to feel comfortable in retirement. So when we talk about compensation and earning what you're worth and being perpetually unemployed or underemployed, money is the biggest factor that pops up into my mind as a challenge that female military spouses face. And male military spouses, while they suffer challenges compared to non-military folks, they do have a less of a pay gap. I would add to that that military spouses are often in the position of being a quote unquote single parent. So we have service members that deploy or they're often gone on training. And because we move so much, we're not necessarily in a neighborhood where, you know, we can call on our sister or our best friend or our mom and dad. Hey, can you take the kids? I've got to go work. Being in that position, not only is it costly childcare, there's definitely a shortage of affordable childcare, also creates a stress, I think, on the family itself, the family dynamic itself, because spouses at some point, some of us, myself included, became kind of depressed and a little bit resentful. You know, I went from being a business owner and running my own life to suddenly I'm unemployed and unemployable. And then I, of course, had children. The question kept popping in my mind, okay, when does my life start? That can be a challenge. And does the military or other organizations provide any support for spouses who are in this situation? What does that look like? And what would the gap still be that you wanted to fill? Well, I attest to the childcare shortage. When I had my second son, I had to wait nine months for him to be placed into childcare on the base where I live. It's preventing military spouses from working. But what I would say is you can't throw a dart and not hit a military service organization that's in some capacity serving veterans and or military families. The problem is there's a bit of a gap for self-employed military spouses. And that's why, in part, we launched the Military Spouse Chamber of Commerce to help host things for military spouses that are self-employed, like retirement plans, employee benefits for themselves and their employees, because the first thing you should be asking when you're self-employed is, how do I save for retirement? But most people are more worried about setting up their website and a logo and getting their business off the ground and marketing it when they should be thinking about taking care of themselves. And so We use the military spouse chamber as an engine to be the home for things that self-employed military spouses need. That is great. One of the other things you mentioned was certification, which I assume you mean certification that it is a military spouse run and founded business. Tell me about the importance of that certification and why that was something that you wanted to make a part of your early mission. I think that in order to create a seat at the table, which was where we began, this goal to create a seat at the table for military spouse small business owners. 
And in order to do that, we needed to be able to identify who were military spouse-owned businesses out there. So what we began doing is researching how other third parties and the Veterans Administration actually reviewed and certified veteran-owned, service-disabled veteran-owned, minority-owned, women-owned, et cetera. And so we took those best practices and narrowed it down and kind of customized it for the lifestyle of the military spouse. So really to be able to have that seat at the table, and I'm talking about doing business, yes, with consumers, but also doing business with other businesses, corporate America, which is a big push for us, and the government even. So being able to sit at the table and say, these are certified based on industry standard metrics, a military spouse owned enterprise. That is great. And where do most military spouses, if they're in business for themselves, what kind of businesses are they generally starting and running? Is there a typical one? Are there some industries that they're more present in? Military spouses are very diverse. Just at the chamber alone, we have 1,100 military spouse members spread across 35 states in five countries, and they run every kind of business imaginable from artisanal handmade products all the way through multi-seven-figure firms in the human capital as a service industry. There's over a million active duty service members, but when we count the 18 million veterans that live in the United States, that leaves a lot of human beings in the U.S. that could identify as a military spouse and potentially get certified or become an entrepreneur. They tend to like careers that fit in a suitcase, so things tend to be virtual We do have some storefront and we do have some retail and some handmade products, but the majority of businesses tend to be digital for our active duty spouses. And have you seen over the last few years, as we've gone so digital since the pandemic, has that enabled more people to work still or to see the viability of having these kind of businesses? I think one of the things that we identified early on, certainly even through our own experience, is that we are military spouses as a population. We are educated, but we're also incredibly resilient. We are problem solvers. We know how to do things on a shoestring budget. And I think we also are beginning to recognize that there is a huge network out there of other military spouse business owners that we can turn to, to collaborate, to mentor which is really kind of the secret sauce. I think that we have this built-in network and most of us want to see each other succeed and are willing to step up and help. Very early on, I had an opportunity to meet this young military spouse. My husband and I were being given a tour of some military housing and there was this huge group of military families on the sidewalk and they were all standing in line. And I turned to the housing manager and said, oh, what's going on? Is this a party? You know, this is exciting. How fun. And I was kind of floored when she shared that, oh, no, this is the line for the free bread truck. Here in San Diego, we've got one in five active duty military families that qualify for food subsidies. But I ended up walking up and talking to this young military spouse who had two kids in tow and her husband was deployed at the time. And she was actually running a business. She didn't have a laptop or even a printer. She was going to the library on base and running her business when the kids were in daycare. So she was that driven and it was an online business. Her background was in digital marketing and design. And so she had started this business in her passion and expertise. Uh, She was just lacking in mentorship and some of the business acumen and of course, some of the equipment that a lot of us take for granted every day. 
So we got her squared away with that. And then like a year later, running into her, she had PCSed out of the area. But by that time, she was like, Stephanie, thank you so much for all of your help and everything that you guys did for us. I'm now employing five other military spouses with portable careers, complete online. That's the kind of success story that we're seeing happen over and over again. We know veterans are 10 times more likely to hire other veterans. Well, we find the same thing for military spouses. So if we want to solve, create some solution toward the military spouse unemployment and underemployment crisis, empowering military spouse small business owners, we're actually creating that solution ourselves and oftentimes with portable careers that are done remotely. So we're creating that solution for ourselves. We just need people from companies all across the board, your listeners, anyone that is interested and passionate about helping to not just empower our military families and military spouses, but really help get small business owners back in the game and giving them what they need, then I encourage them to visit our website, connect with us. Because again, military spouses, who better to create that solution than military spouse, small business owners. So would love to go back to talk about the military spouse chamber of commerce with you and tell us about what your other goals are for the organization. So it's a pretty new organization, which you founded in 2020. And we talked about the certification as a big thing that you were doing to help your members. What are the other things that you're looking to do to support other military spouses going forward? The favorite things that we do besides obviously getting to meet and assist and create this incredible network, our role as advocates. There are a lot of barriers to small business ownership. And certainly because of the unique lifestyle of a military spouse, you can just add additional barriers to that. When you PCS from one state to another, if your industry requires a license, you oftentimes have to turn around and get a new license for the new state, which can take time and cost money. And that's just one example of many. So I know that we've been very active, Jamie and I, in working with some of our elected officials across the country to actually craft and help push and support legislation, which will remove some of those barriers. So I think Jamie can explain one of the pieces of legislation that we are very excited about. The two things I'm probably the most excited about, we had done some work with the Military Spouse Entrepreneurs Act, which if passed a pilot program that small business administration would officially recognize military spouses for government contracting. We don't know where that's going to go, but we won't quit advocating for that until it happens because we believe that if the government recognizes small military spouse owned business, so will others and others will follow. And then another one that we're excited about is to help provide reimbursement to military spouses when they move. Because if you think about it, It costs a lot of money to relocate. And while the military covers some of those expenses, when you've had 14 addresses, it costs a lot of money to relocate your stuff and get your Wi-Fi set up again. And oops, I broke my laptop and get your equipment set up for the next place that you live. And if you have a a products-based business, those things are heavy and we get charged if our military move stuff goes over a certain weight limit. So it's stuff that you don't see from the outside looking in. It costs military families a lot of money. And so to have a reimbursement would be very meaningful for a military spouse-owned business. We've been enabling our own members to be advocates for themselves because we know that with a presence in so many states, if our spouses all get busy and start writing to their elected officials, then our advocacy is much more meaningful and impactful. 
So tell me a little more about that. How do people get involved with the chamber, first of all, and then once they are members, how do they connect with each other and grow their networks even? So one of the things we're going to roll out in 2023 is the start of the Military Spouse Chamber's local program. And so we're basically launching chapters all over the country so that we give our members a soft landing place whenever they relocate to a new duty station. And so in those local connections, they'll be able to get to network and meet their local officials, be more empowered to advocate at the local level, because the stuff that we work on with the National Chamber is national work, but we're not necessarily as on the beat of the pulse in issues that are going on in a certain state or a county that might affect a small business there. We also provide them written templates so that it might be intimidating to think, oh, write to your representative. We actually provide them a written template so that they can customize it and then not have to worry and stress about what they would say if they were to pen their own letter to their representative. So that's very helpful. And a lot of them do turn around, write to their representatives, and it makes our advocacy go that much further. It's so clear that you are providing really significant benefits for military spouses. I mean, just hearing you describe the challenges that they have with their businesses, and then also just maybe on a personal front. It really is tremendous. As I sit here and listen to you, I also wonder, are the active service men, I guess most of them are, do they also appreciate these benefits for their spouses and what you're trying to do to help their spouses? I have yet to hear from a active duty service member or even a veteran. I've yet to have one of them turn to me and say, can you stop helping my spouse? be successful. <laughs> some, I will admit that over the decades that I've been in this space, I have had some older veterans who have initially taken the position of, well, what you get from military spouses is going to take away from veterans. And once I educate them that, hey, helping a military spouse is helping a veteran or an active duty service member. Helping a military spouse become successful, and it's not just about the financial impact. There is a tremendous sense of pride and accomplishment that oftentimes young, middle-aged, and old like me, military spouses across the spectrum, feel when they start and build something on their own. I remember my son who turned to me when he was in middle school and he had to write a paper on somebody in his life that he found inspirational. And here his father was serving active duty in the SEAL teams. And I thought, oh, he's going to want to write about his dad. Cool dad. He asked me, he goes, I want to tell your story, mom. And I was sort of taken aback. I thought, what? <laughs> and he goes, mom, you're an entrepreneur. You're a CEO. That is so cool. And it hit me. It's so much more than just being able to contribute to our families. We're actually contributing to the economy. We're contributing to our communities. We are a role model for younger and other spouses, other women and men out there. Speaking for myself and Jamie and Beth and the others on our team, this is really our passion, empowering and strengthening military spouses across the board to become their own boss. Indeed. I love that story. Jamie, I'd love to talk to you about mentorship and about what you've seen as the need for mentorship, maybe personally or among the military spouses that you work with, and how people can find that mentorship that they really need. I think in general, everybody needs mentors, and especially if you're a small business owner, because I don't know a single small business owner 
that has opened their business and knew exactly what to do. And we all learn very hard life lessons about entrepreneurship. I heard a rule, my very good friend, Greg Cheek wrote a book. He's also a veteran. His book is called Three Points of Contact. And in it, he outlines this mentorship strategy that I absolutely love and I've tried to adhere to. He calls it the 33% rule, where you receive mentorship from 33% people who are superior to you in a role, I guess, outranking you to be military in my speak. And then 33% people who are peers who are about in the same place as you professionally. And then you turn around and give back mentorship to 33% of others. And I think that's really been a transformative mindset for me to have in terms of it's a 360 degree circle of life. You need to learn from people in different places than where you are, and then also give back to those who also need mentorship. What do you each think our listeners could do to help more military spouses, particularly those who are entrepreneurs? I would encourage if you have influence in the supplier diversity space to get your company thinking about not only hiring military spouses for your traditional talent pipelines because they make great employees, but also hiring military spouse-owned businesses as suppliers and as vendors for your company. We have the certification. You can come to us. We can give you the businesses. It's already set up and it's easy to do. And we're proud to make that connection happen. And Stephanie, what would you say? I would encourage everyone listening and not only you, but then tell all of your friends and family, buy military spouse owned. You need a hairstylist. You need a lawyer. You need an orthodontist. They're military spouse own businesses out there that do that. So find those businesses, which you can do on our website, find those businesses, patronize those businesses. That's the first thing. I mean, I often say, you know, imagine what would happen if even a small portion of our community made the commitment to buy military family owned, military spouse owned first. Just imagine. The other thing, as Jamie said, if you are a corporate partner of ours, or you're interested in becoming a corporate partner of ours, you have a military spouse hiring program. Fantastic. That's amazing. Thank you. On behalf of military spouses, thank you. You have half a program. The other half of that program is to buy and contract with military spouses. One of the things that we're really excited about is the inroads that we've made for military spouses to do business with the government. We have been working with the Air Force and the Army and AFES, which stands for the Army Air Force Exchange Service, to actually recognize military spouse-owned businesses for non-contract spend. That is a certain amount of that the government is allowed to do via credit card that doesn't require a contract. Typically, it's between $10,000 and $25,000 per credit card transaction. We have made incredible inroads. We are onboarding military spouses who are selling their products and services right now to the DOD via AFIS. It's things like that. And for those out there in the corporate world, think about what services and products you can actually purchase from a military spouse and reach out to us and let us help you find a military spouse qualified to do business with. And Jamie, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you would encourage a military spouse to be an entrepreneur and start her own business. Well, I wouldn't encourage every military spouse to own a business. First of all, I think that entrepreneurship is certainly not everybody's 
thing. That said, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, don't do it alone. There's educational resources out there that we definitely would recommend. And we have a trusted library of resources on the Military Spouse Chamber website that you can look for those educational programs. And then we also offer those benefits I talked about earlier to military spouse business owners, whether they are a solopreneur or if they're a team and they have employees. And so definitely go shopping on the Military Spouse Chamber website before you start your business. That way you're aware of all of those resources out there for you and their trusted and vetted resources. And also the Military Spouse Chamber membership is totally free and certifying your military spouse on business is also totally free. So there's no reason not to do it. So if you're a military spouse out there and you're interested in entrepreneurship or you are a small business owner, one amazing resource that just recently launched is the Military Spouse Entrepreneur Toolkit. And that toolkit is a result of the Military Spouse Entrepreneur Task Force that we mentioned earlier with Maria McConville, Beth Conlon, Jamie Chapman, and myself. You can find that on our website, millspousechamber.org, or you can also find it on the DOD's website, Military One Source. It's something that I wish existed when I began my very first business decades ago. And we poured our heart and soul into it and put a lot of incredible business tips, how to get started, and really how to launch and grow a business with confidence, clarity, and in compliance. Jamie and Stephanie, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. And thank you for all you are doing to help military spouses. I think your work is tremendous and will certainly pay off and have so much benefit for so many people. So we really appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Jamie Chapman and Stephanie Brown from the U.S. Military Spouse Chamber of Commerce. It's amazing to see what they've done to support military spouse entrepreneurs in such a short time. Their takeaways really resonate with me, that you can support the military community by supporting military spouses, and you can deliberately buy from military spouse-run businesses. I hope that you'll visit the U.S. Military Spouse Chamber of Commerce website, millspousechamber.org, to learn more and support this organization. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. To learn more about Women on the Move and listen to the full library of this podcast, please visit jpmorganchase.com slash W-O-T-M. For JPMorgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein. JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.